Word for today, a ministry of Living Word Lutheran Church in Egan, Minnesota. It is our prayer that the message from God's Holy Word would bring a new and deeper love for Jesus in your life. Welcome to Living Word Lutheran Church. My name is Pastor Nathan Olson. It's a blessing and a joy to share God's Word with you today. Here at our congregation, we believe that every single time we open up the Word of God, that something miraculous takes place. You see, our conviction is that this isn't like any other book you would find on your shelf, but that this is God's Word, inspired, inerrant, and true from cover to cover. And because of those beliefs and convictions, we come with an eagerness and an expectancy that God is going to use His Word in a marvelous way in our lives to convict us of sin, point us to our Savior Jesus, and teach us what it means to follow after Him. It's our hope and prayer that these things would be made manifest in your hearts today as well. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just set aside this time. We commit it to you. We ask that you would be magnified and exalted and that your spirit would come and work in the hearts of your people through your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we start off today, I want you to ask yourself if you've ever come across Someone who you would call a good question asker. Have you ever met someone like that? A good question asker? Someone who seems like they just know how to process life and they're able to get really down in there and, and get to the real heart of the issue. Questions often have a way of doing that. They have a way of giving a different perspective on life. They have a way of diffusing situations. And instead of people putting up walls when they hear assertions, Questions help provide introspection or teachable moments. Growing up as a kid, my dad is one of those people who I would say was a good question asker. Instead of really telling us a lot of things to do or not do, he would instead ask questions like, no, Nathan, what do you think is going to happen if you do that? Or if I was frustrated with someone, he would ask, what do you think that they're feeling? And he had a great way of helping me grow up with an introspection and a different perspective about life through the questions that he would ask. And interestingly, what I found is that many people often think that if they're going to teach or instruct someone, they need to have more content. But more realistically, what I found is that asking questions is a great teaching tool. It's a great way to find out where people are at to gauge their reaction to something, and to help them process about life. Questions like, what do you mean by that? Or how did you come to that conclusion? Are some examples of that. One person in the Bible who does this particularly well is Jesus. In fact, in the Gospels, he asks 307 questions. 307 questions throughout the Gospels. In contrast, Jesus only makes 183 statements or assertions. And so definitely more of a, of a question than a statement guy. He led and taught and instructed largely by asking questions. And that's the journey that we're going to be taking here at Living Word. Our goal for the next weeks ahead is to look at the questions of Christ. To look at the type of questions that he was asking and what that teaches us uh, about how to prioritize, process, or maybe have some introspection about those topics ourselves. And so starting off on this series, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning to John chapter 1. 
John chapter 1, here we see the very first words that are recorded of Christ in the Gospel of John is a question. Uh, Let me set the scene for you. John 1 opens up by describing the ministry of John the baptizer. He had been going out and preaching a message of baptism and repentance to large crowds. and It says that people were even coming down from Jerusalem to the Jordan River, which was quite a hike to go and to hear this fiery preacher. He was there telling people to turn from their sins. That's what repentance literally means, to turn and to be seeking the Messiah who is to come. He was the one who was preparing the way. And as he's doing this ministry and preaching a message of repentance and forgiveness, he sees Jesus walking by. And amidst all the preaching, amidst all the instruction and and calling out and conversion, what John does in verse 36 of John 1 is he looks and says, Behold the Lamb of God. What John is saying to the crowds who were there is, This one who's passing by, this is the Messiah. This is the Lamb of God, the substitute that God has intended to redeem his people from sin. You see, in the time period that the the Jews were living in, they were practicing sacrifice. And sacrifice had to be for sin, the broken relationship that they had made with God. And the requirement for those sacrifices is that it had to be a one-year-old lamb without blemish. Uh, All these qualifications for what that was to look like. And here, as John the baptizer sees Jesus walking past, he points to Christ and says, this is God's substitute. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And this is what all of John's ministry had been climaxing to to this point, pointing forward to Jesus, the one who was to come to save his people. And so in verse 37 then, we see that two of John's disciples, two of the people who had been following him and listening to him, they hear this statement, behold the Lamb of God, and they turn and they start following after Jesus. You see, John the baptizer, he's not in a power grab. He's not trying to be the biggest kid on the block. His ministry is just about pointing people to Christ. And so these disciples go from following and listening to John to hearing what John's saying about Jesus, to go and follow Jesus. And so they go and they catch up with Jesus on the road. And then here are the first words of Christ in John chapter 1. Verse 38, it says, Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? What are you looking for? What are you pursuing? What are you chasing after? What are you hoping to find? Maybe for you as you're hearing this, you're like, well, it seems pretty obvious, right? I mean, Jesus is walking down the road. He turns and sees them following him. It seems pretty obvious that they're probably seeking him. But yet he asks, what are you seeking for? And I want you to just pause and think about that question of Jesus for a moment. What are you seeking for? Well, why do you think Jesus would ask a question like this? Why would he ask two of those whom were very clearly following after him, why would he ask them what they're searching for? What does this question do? What kind of question is it? 
When you think about this question, what are you seeking? It's a question of purpose, isn't it? It's a question meant to show someone's intentions, to show their heart. And what we'll see over and over throughout the Gospels is that these questions that Jesus asks, a lot of times they are intended to reveal a heart of faith. They're intended to reveal a heart of faith. Jesus turns and he asks these two disciples, what are you seeking for? What are you pursuing? What are you chasing after? What are you hoping to find? What are you seeking? And I suppose this question probably caught the disciples a little bit off guard. It probably provided a little introspection for them to pause or to reveal their true intentions. And they had just left the guy that they had been following, John the baptizer, and now they're following after Jesus, the Lamb of God, and now what? I suppose that this question, too, that Jesus asks, probably could be pointedly asked of each of us today as well. Friends here, those listening on the radio, what are you seeking What are you seeking after? What are you pursuing? What are you chasing? What are you hoping to find? You see, in our world, we often see people chasing and pursuing many things. Chasing the approval of man, a vacation getaway perhaps, the cheapest gas station down the block, uh, justice to be upheld, answers to life's questions. There's many things that we seek for and that we chase after. What is that for you? What about you? What are you seeking? What are you looking for? What are you pursuing with your life or chasing after and hoping to find? I think Jesus' question here reveals that the heart of man is one that is pursuing restlessly, searching for something. That in each and every one of us, there's a quest, so to speak, that we're on, a journey to find what we're searching for. And many people, they maybe have things that they would fill in that blank. I'm I'm searching for approval of man or vacation getaway or whatever. But they're not finding maybe satisfaction with the things that they're searching for. A lot of things that could be in that blank, things that we seek for. But for these two men, the gospel tells us their answer. Verse 38, it says, They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? They respond to Jesus and his question by putting themselves under Jesus' teaching. They call him Rabbi. It's, It's like they're coming to Jesus and saying, you're the teacher. We are your students. We are coming here to be under your tutelage. We're coming here to be your disciples. You are the one that we are seeking for. We also know that they were living by faith in Jesus as the Messiah. That they had heard what John the baptizer said and that they were convinced that this truly was the Lamb of God who was to come to take away the sins of the world. And they're trusting in that. And they're believing in their hearts of who this is. And that is what they're seeking for. And and that's not just some kind of Pastor Nathan Olson inference. We see that from the text. Verse 40 and 41, it says, One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. 
he first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Um, just maybe a little side tangent for those of you who are maybe uh, have heard that thrown around. Christ isn't Jesus' last name. Uh, when we say Jesus Christ, we're talking about Jesus the Messiah. That's what the word Christ means, or Christus. It means the Messiah. And, and so that's why those are going together. Um, sometimes Jesus is referred to as Jesus of Nazareth. That's where he grew up. Uh, but when we say Jesus Christ, we're talking about Jesus the Messiah. And, and that was Andrew's confession. He goes right after this interaction, and he goes and tells Simon Peter, we have found the Christ. We have found the Messiah, the one we've been waiting for, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We found him. Come and see. And, and so as the two disciples are, are following Jesus, and he asks them, what are you seeking? We see evidence from the text that they were seeking him. They were seeking him to be their rabbi, their teacher, their master, the Messiah. The one who would deliver them. The one who would redeem them. The one who would make everything right again. They were seeking to follow after Jesus with their lives. And that's the kind of thing that happens with rabbis. Everywhere a rabbi goes, what you'll see is that his followers go with him. And that's even true today with modern day Jewish rabbis. If you're going to Put yourself under a rabbi as a disciple. It's not like a nine-to-five job or a schooling. It's, it's 24-7. You're with the rabbi. You are becoming like the master. And so you eat what the rabbi eats. You go where the rabbi goes. You sleep where the rabbi sleeps. You're with the rabbi. And that's what Andrew and the other disciple are doing here. They're coming and saying, we are going to follow you. And we are going to learn from you. And we are going to dedicate our lives to this. And I love Jesus' invitation in light of all these things. As they come to him and they say, Rabbi, where are you staying? We are going to you know, follow you, go with you, be with you. Verse 39, Jesus says to them, come and you will see. Come and you will see. Jesus' reaction to their heart of faith and their desire to follow after him is inviting them to come on a journey. It's a journey of following after Jesus. And one of the things I love is that Jesus doesn't give them all the information. You notice that here in the text. He doesn't say, hey, I'm sitting at this house, here's the address, all the details you need to know. He doesn't say that. He just simply invites them to come along and they'll find out as they go along. Come, and you'll find out. You'll see. Come with me. And the reason why I love that is that it's an invitation to live by faith. It's not an invitation to follow in a very planned out process where we know all the detailed information. It's not that. It's, it's following Jesus in step with him, trusting that when we need to know something, he'll let us know but that he's in charge and we're just the followers. We're the Padawan learners, so to speak. That is the invitation that Jesus gives. And so, as you think about applying this text to your life today, for those of you who are at Living Word here and listening on the radio, my question for you today is very similar to 
the one of Jesus. You know, you, you have tuned into a broadcast, um, a sermon message. You've come here to worship. And in many ways, you're like the disciples here where you're following, you're in the right place, you're coming after Jesus. But if Jesus was going to turn to you today and ask you that same question, what are you seeking? What would be your response today? What are you seeking and looking for? What are you pursuing? What are you chasing after? And what are you hoping to find? I can't answer that question for you. Only you can. But I would encourage you, friends, to take a moment of a little bit of introspection to think, what are you seeking after in your life? And my encouragement and prayer for you as a pastor is that you would be seeking after Jesus, that you would be recognizing who this is, that he is the rabbi, the teacher, the one who is the instructor of our life, our master, our leader, our guide, that where he goes, we will go. What he says to do, we will do. That we are coming and seeking, not after just an experience, not after just you know, a, a time out of our week to check off a box, but that we are coming for a journey with the master. We are coming to say, Jesus, we're putting ourselves under your rule and reign and authority and teaching. We are here to learn from you. And as you come and do that, friends, my hope is that you would see who this rabbi is, that this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, who takes away your sin, who redeems your brokenness, who lifts you up from the muck that you're in, and that he delivers you and saves you. This is Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the one who has come to ransom us from our sins. And and as we come and follow Jesus, the same invitation that he gives to the disciples is the same kind of invitation that he gives to each and every one of us. Come and see. Come and you will see what this journey, what this life of following Jesus is like. What does it look like to, to live a life following Jesus, to follow his ways and his teaching? What does it look like to live by faith, not by sight? That's really what Jesus' picture is here. It's not always knowing all of the outcomes. It's not always knowing how the story will end. But it's knowing who's our guide and who we're with. We're with Jesus. And we're trusting him to faithfully lead us till the end. And the question then for each and every one of you is, are you along for the ride? Are you along with the journey? Have you said yes to Jesus? I'm following you. I'm living by faith. I'm trusting in you. That's a question that I have for you today. And my guess is, in, in talking with many Christians these days, my guess is that most of you would probably say yes. Most of you would say, yeah, I, I, I want to do that. I'm along for the ride. But what happens is that sometimes our words are very different than our actions, where we say something, but we do another. The Bible calls that hypocrisy where we, we praise and say, yes, Jesus, I love you, I'm following you. But then in our lives, we kind of follow ourselves. And what we see is that Jesus is calling for something different than following ourselves. He's calling us to follow him. He's calling for a different life. And so for those of you who would be hearing this message and maybe thinking, well, yeah, I'm going to follow Jesus. He's the 
the teacher, the Lord, the master, he's the Lamb of God, the Messiah. Well, it probably is going to mean a little bit of a life change. It's going to mean that you're not following your own desires anymore. It's going to mean that the plans of the world and what they think is successful is probably not going to be what you're chasing after. It's going to be that you're chasing after the heart of God, his will, his plan, his purpose. Is that going to make some of you feel uncomfortable? It probably will. Yeah, is it going to be hard? Most certainly. Following Jesus is not an easy thing to do. It's not. In fact, sometimes it's most difficult. But what we do know is that this journey that we're on is with Jesus, the Messiah, the one who saved us, who redeemed us, who has called us his own. And that is a great place to be. It's a great place to be with the one who has created all things, is Lord of all things, who owns all things. And so my invitation for you today, friends, would be to come and follow Jesus. Tell other people about who this is. Just like Andrew goes and finds his brother Simon, go and find those in your life who need to know about Jesus, who need to know about who he is and proclaim that message to them of life and hope and salvation, of living by faith, what it looks like to be in a relationship not just with the things of this world, but in relationship with God. That this would be seen in your life and actions, just as the disciples go out and they do the same. This would be my prayer for you, friends. As you think about the question of Jesus, what are you seeking? That you would be able to leave today answering, I'm seeking for you, Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for those who are here today, that if there would be any who are not seeking after you, Lord, that you would come and that your spirit would draw them to yourself. That you would open up their hearts to say, Jesus, be my teacher. Be my guide. Be the master of my life. May you guide and direct my decisions and may I follow after you. Lord, for those listening today, would you call them to yourself to live by faith and to say yes to you, Jesus. And for those who maybe have been saying yes for a long time, but their lives aren't looking like it, Lord, would you convict them and break them? Would you show them the hypocrisy of a lips that say yes, but a life that says no? Would you call them back to follow you? Call them back to their first love, to a relationship that they're in with you as their Lord and Master, their Rabbi, their Messiah? Would my brothers and sisters here be able to walk by faith, and not by sight, not always the things that look the easiest or the road most traveled, but to follow you wherever you would lead them and guide them to go, that they would follow after you all of their days. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for today. If you are impacted by the message you heard, please consider donating to the Ministry of Living Word Lutheran Church by visiting www.livingwordaflc.org.